Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the 10th and Broad Church of Christ podcast. Today's message is presented by Ken Holsberry, the preaching minister at the 10th and Broad Church. Let's tune in now for Ken's message. Well, last week was a, a long sermon, as we have alluded to, and it was a, a heavy sermon. I really, really appreciate your very positive feedback on that, and I appreciate hearing stories of how God used that time and some of those words uh, to, to be a blessing to you. And uh, in this series, as we talk about uh, having victory and winning spiritual battles and protecting our family, we, we're talking a lot about our enemy. And we need to do that. We need to be very aware of our enemy. But I want to take a step back this morning and just remind us of the one who has defeated our enemy. Of the one who defeated our enemy on the cross. The one who disarmed our enemy on the cross. The one who triumphed over our enemy on the cross. The one who in his resurrection uh, solidified that victory. And we need to be aware of our enemy. But as Hebrews chapter 12 reminds us, as a church, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and he is the perfecter of our faith. We need to consider him so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. And so we want to be aware of our enemy. We want to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We want to stay in the battle. And that really requires that we have great wisdom. And that is why we have been praying every week from Ephesians chapter 1. And we have been praying the prayer of Paul in which he said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you will know him better. Paul prays for wisdom. The Holy Spirit in James teaches us to ask God for wisdom. So what is wisdom? Well, one, ver- one, one definition of wisdom that I really like is this. Wisdom is to see life as God sees it. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't it be a great blessing in your life to see life the way that God sees it? When we pray for wisdom, when God gives us a spirit of wisdom, that is what he's doing. He is helping us to see life as God sees it. We really need that kind of help because Isaiah chapter 55 speaks a truth when it says that God's ways are not my ways. Amen. And it says that God's thoughts are not my thoughts. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it is true when it says that the wisdom of this world, which I far too often take advice from, the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. And so we ask God for wisdom to see as he sees. And so we pray a prayer like the one in Psalm 25. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. And my hope is in you 
all day long. And so we continue to pray for wisdom as we fight to protect our families. We continue to pray for wisdom that we will see Jesus as he is. We continue to pray for wisdom so we will see our enemy as he is. And we pray for wisdom so we will see ourselves as we are. So this morning, that's what I want us to do. But we're going to start with Jesus. We're going to honor Jesus. And we're going to do that through a video. This video is going to be engaging. The, the, the style of preaching that you're fixing to hear is really engaging and encouraging. And I want you to get caught up in that because it helps you get caught up in the message. But what I really want you to do is focus on the words that you're about to hear a preacher named S.M. Lockridge bring. Because he is going to honor and he is going to glorify Jesus. As he says, Jesus, that's my king. And then we're going to respond in a song. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a well-trained of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stand him. 
with our eyes fixed on Jesus, we can more clearly with godly wisdom see who our enemy is and see who we are. And so I just want to, using scripture, I won't, I won't give you every reference, but every single thing I'm about to say is from the word of God, the truth of God to remind us of who our enemy is and how he works. And I just want you to, to recognize again, as we're fixing our eyes on Jesus, see the difference in character of the one who is our enemy. He is Satan. He is the devil. He's a sinner. He's a murderer. He's a thief. He's a tempter. He's an accuser. And he's a tormentor. He's cunning. And he's crafty. He's a schemer and he is a deceiver. He's a liar. And he is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. He blinds the minds of unbelievers. He masquerades as an angel of light. He uses displays of power and signs and wonders to serve his lie. He's the prince of the air. He's the God of this world. He's the ruler of this world. He leads the whole world astray. He's a roaring lion. He roams the earth looking for someone to devour. And he wages war on those who hold to the testimony of Jesus. What's his future? He has been judged. His works are being destroyed by Jesus. He has been disarmed. His head has been crushed. He knows that his time is short. And that what is ahead of him is a lake of fire. Where he will be tormented. Day and night, forever. That's who our enemy is. That's what he's like. That's what has happened to him and what will happen to him. And that's because of Jesus and who he is. And as I said one time before, one of the hardest parts for us is just to grasp why do we still have an enemy? Why are we still under attack? Why, if all these things are true... Do we still have to deal with him the way that we have to deal with him? And uh, it's not unique with me, but it sure has helped me put this in perspective is that we still have to deal with his presence. Because we are in the in-between time when Jesus came the first time and when he will come the second time. To us, that time is long. To the Lord, that time is short. And the devil again knows that his time is short. So with wisdom, with our eyes fixed on Jesus, we are aware of who our enemy is and what he's like. But what about ourselves? We said last week that one of the ways that Satan gets permission and ground in our life 
is that he lies to us. He's a liar and he's the father of lies. And all too often, we believe his lies. We're deceived. We believe his lies. And so, what he says about us and what God says about us are two very different things. And so, seeking the wisdom of God... We want to believe and live in the truth of who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. We are hidden with Christ in God. And so there are some truths about us. Would you stand? And we're going to read these together. I'm going to read a couple of words that are not on the screen. And then I want you to read what is on the screen. And again, these, every one of these, you have these in your outline so that you can take them with you. We did this a few weeks ago when we said aloud some statements about who we are in Christ. This is about some things that we not only are, but that we can do in Christ. And so again, I'll read a couple of words. You will read aloud what is on the screen. Who are we and what can we do? Why should I say I can't when the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? Why should I lack when I know That God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Why should I fear when the Bible says God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind? Hear the wisdom of scripture, brothers and sisters. Why should I lack faith? Knowing that God has allotted to me a measure of faith. Why should I be weak when the Bible says that the Lord is the strength of my life and that I will display strength and take action because I know God? Why should I allow Satan supremacy over my life? When he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Why should I accept defeat? When the Bible says that God always leads me in triumph. Why should I lack wisdom? When Christ became wisdom to me from God. And God gives wisdom to me generously. When I ask him for it. Why should I be depressed? When I can recall to mind. God's loving kindness. Compassion. And faithfulness. And have hope. Why why should I worry and fret? When I can cast all my anxiety. On Christ who cares for me. Why should I ever be in bondage knowing that there is liberty where the spirit of the Lord is? 
Why should I feel condemned? When the Bible says, I am not condemned because I am in Christ. Why should I feel alone? When Jesus said, he is with me always and he will never leave me nor forsake me. Why should I feel accursed or that I am the victim of bad luck? When the Bible says that Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law, that I might receive his spirit. Why should I be discontented when I, like Paul, can learn to be content in all my circumstances? Why should I feel worthless when Christ became sin on my behalf? That I might become the righteousness of God in him. Why should I have a persecution complex? Knowing that nobody can be against me when God is for me. Why should I be confused? When God is the author of peace and he gives me knowledge through his indwelling spirit. Why should I feel like a failure when I am a conqueror in all things through Christ? Why should I let the pressures of life bother me when I can take courage knowing that Jesus has overcome the world and its tribulations? Again, the wisdom of God to see as he sees To see life as he sees life. To see the Lord Jesus as he sees the Lord Jesus. To see the enemy as he sees the enemy. And to see ourselves, the church, as he sees us. So we fight the battle. We, through Christ, have victory and we protect ourselves and our families. We don't stop praying for wisdom. We're going to sing a song. It's an old song. It's one Wendell had picked, and I think it really ends us well. It's kind of an anthem song that we as a church, to Christ, we will be loyal and we will be true.